Welcome to the Plant Witch Podcast, where we enter together into the web of life in all of its many seen and unseen dimensions. I'm Erin Schrader, owner of the Rebel Herbalist, and it is my honor to hold this portal to the other world. Let's enter, shall we? weekend my six-year-old son and I created a stone circle here in the grove where we live just a little tiny stone circle we dug the stone from the forest around the house and made a little fire pit in the center Sunday morning on the full moon day I went out to consecrate the circle I was walking the circle sunwise invoking the elements and calling up energy from the earth herself and down from the stars to open this portal between worlds here where we can give our offerings and gather with friends and make our magic together and I was standing in the north facing south and to the west is a doorway into the forest here If you ever see my Instagram page, I will sometimes put photos of the light filtering through the forest, through this door-like opening at sunset. Well, it was that doorway into the forest where I suddenly felt a presence very strongly. And it came into my awareness that a very large being was coming out of the forest to join in my circle. The spirit being I could very clearly see with my internal eyes, or my spiritual eyes. It had an extremely large, well-rounded body, uh, like a lot of the sort of laughing Buddha sculptures that we see. And the head of this being was a, a deer skull, a buck skull with antlers. This being was so full-bodied that as it approached my circle, I could feel the ground moving with its footfall. I'm actually out here right by the circle um, as I record this episode. And as the being came into my circle, I started to hear transmissions of information directly into my heart space from this being. And the transmission was so short and so powerfully clear. It felt very masculine. The the being itself felt masculine in nature. Um, Maybe because of the feeling of authority, masculine authority that he carried. But he came to my circle and he said, uprightness, just the way he said it, uprightness, just really short but firmly, uprightness, steadfastness accountability 
integrity. These qualities must not be left by the wayside. Softness is not enough for a human. You are not moss. And that is all he said. And then he just sort of faded away. It was so powerful and so profound and so primal. Um, It was like the cells of my body were being called to remember an essential truth of what it means to be a human here. I have really been leaning into my softness, um, which has felt really good. (laughs) And as he reminded me powerfully, my softness is not enough. I am not moss. I am not a carpet to be tread on. Um, I am a human with an erect spine. I stand on two feet with eyes that see far. I have hands that intervene, that change the world, and a mind that can think of things that haven't been thought of before. And so all of that is part of what it means to be human. And those particular words that he used, uprightness, integrity, steadfastness, accountability, that the way we walk, the way we intervene matters. What does integrity look like? What does steadfastness look like? What does it mean to be accountable? Accountable to who? Accountable for what? For the past seven or eight months, I've been deeply interested in Arthurian legend. And this is something that has completely passed me by throughout my life. I've always been fascinated by Celtic lore, by European mythology, by the old stories. But for some reason, Arthurian legend just never grabbed my interest until the spring. And the more I've studied and read and learned and read many different tellings of the, st- of the stories of Arthur's time, what has really been standing out to me is this, this integrity, this incredible sense of duty and um, honor with humility that is played out over and over and over again from Lancelot to Percival to Arthur himself and Guinevere. The different ways that they encounter and respond to imbalanced energies from a place of seeking balance, seeking accountability, seeking integrity, acting from honor. I think each of us have to have our own honor code in the world today. Uh, We are not bound 
to the round table. We're not bound to many things anymore. Um, our individualism has become so paramount, at least in the West here in the United States, we are identified by our individualism more than we're identified by any uniting, unifying organizations or creeds. So who are you accountable to? And I know I've talked about this here before. And I deeply sense with the astrological movements and the way that the story is unfolding in the world that these questions are so important that they're worth revisiting again and again and again. Who are you accountable to? What are you accountable to? What does integrity mean to you? Who do you know who is a person of integrity? That you know you can look to them, even in their humanness, to do their best to do the right thing for the right reasons. And how do they know what's right? Don't be afraid to ask them these questions. How do you know what's right? Practice walking in a really upright way if your body walks upright. Putting your shoulders back, your chest forward, your eyes at the horizon. What does it feel like to be upright? To carry yourself in an upright way. If the legend of King Arthur appeals to you, travel to the round table in the dream time, in your journey space, in meditation. What does it feel like to be in the company of beings who are devoted to honor? Do you feel worthy to be among them? If not, why not? And Arthur, in his uprightness, in his honor, in his strength, he was also tender and sensitive and soft. Arthur's love for his men, for his kingdom, and for his Guinevere balance his fierceness in battle. Guinevere's love for Lancelot shows us her humanness. Arthur's ability to forgive them both teaches us about redemption. We are all imperfect and so striving for integrity, uprightness, accountability doesn't mean we are always successful in fact we often won't be but when we are not how we respond to our failure is just as important as the intentions we set to succeed 
because we will fail. We all fail. That's why we need each other. We need each other to remind our hearts of what is possible. To forgive each other and ourselves. To work together to dream what we couldn't possibly dream alone. And to take actions in ways we couldn't act alone. I am soft. I am mossy. I struggle to intervene. My husband is an Aries. I told him he's like a flaming arrow from the moment he arises in the morning until he collapses from exhaustion at night. His sight clear, his aim always fully focused. And he springs easily into action. I am a curious wanderer. I am happy to observe and write poetry and walk slowly. And so together we balance force and receptivity softness and strength and there are times when we're both out of balance and there are times when we're out of balance together but so far over these 25 years we've always found our way back we've always been accountable to each other We've always come side by side, arm in arm, to walk in the same direction, even after spending time walking in different directions, or one of us sitting and the other one running. <laughs> I'm sure you can guess which is which. <laughs> Who helps you? to be accountable to yourself. Who will remind you of who you are when you forget? I've been thinking a lot this week about how one of the greatest pains we bear on earth is the inability to be ourselves. Not knowing who we are is a particular pain, but when we know who we are and we cannot be who we are, that may be one of the greatest pains there is to bear. Knowing that the self we know ourselves to be is not accepted, is actively denounced, or our life just doesn't support its emergence due to the season of our life or the needs of others or the 
geographical place we find ourselves in. But even when the world does not cooperate with our belonging, we can still belong to ourselves with uprightness and always seeking to find more and more community to support our belonging in the outside world too. I've mentioned before how I find so much solace in the BBC special called The Midwife. One of the things I love so much about that show is how the writers illuminate the need for belonging and the pain that comes when we suppress our authenticity. Recently, uh, many of the episodes we've been watching have been centered around homosexuality and that it was illegal in England in the 1960s at the time of the setting of this show and what it had done to people to know themselves and not be able to be themselves. Another great example, a lived example of this kind of inability to authentically be ourselves and the cost of that is the life of Alan Turing. I first learned of him from the movie The Imitation Game, but my husband, who is a computer science person, (laughs) knew Alan's story long before I did. He died in the 1950s in England, and his death was suspicious, but certainly connected to his homosexuality and the illegality of that. He had been condemned by the courts and was forced into chemical castration, which was the um, punishment at the time. Chemical castration meant that men would be required to take hormone replacement therapy, basically estrogen therapy, in order to curb their sexual impulses, which led to the development of breast tissue and often deep depression. How do we walk in integrity when who we are being accountable to ourselves is against the law? When who we know ourselves to be is denounced as outcast. This is why I have taken the title witch for myself because who I know myself to be has been condemned and outcast by institutions of power for hundreds of years. And many people have died who were born like me. Who loved the occult 
studied astrology or herbs or divination who wanted to understand the deeper workings of this world because it is so magnificent and there's clearly more here than what we are told by institutions of power people who looked to the herbs and to nature's ways to heal to bring babies into the world to midwife the dying people who refuse to bow to power that is not life affirming and I've been seeing a strong re-emergence of that kind of condemnation and denouncing in the United States today and fear of witches So for me to be in my integrity today means for me to walk with uprightness and my head held high in a world that may not understand why I am the way I am. But for now, for today, it is still legal for me to be the way I am, to believe what I believe, to speak out openly here and other places. We have not enjoyed that freedom for very long, and we may not enjoy that freedom much longer. But today I am free in this way, not in all ways, but in this way. And I am grateful. And so I speak out in honor of Alan Turing, in honor of all those whose authentic nature cause their deaths in honor of my great 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 grandfather whose authentic nature had him exiled from the cathedral at Bern where he was a priest for his animistic views I speak out for the midwives for the wart hunters. I speak out for all of us who have been in the margins in a world that wants to control who has the power. accountable to them. I am accountable to all of us. Because I know we are all kin. And what happens to one of us happens to all of us. And as long as any person on this planet is persecuted, denounced, as long as any person on this planet is illegal, we are all oppressed. And the political games that are happening in our country today 
using human lives for political theater, sending asylum seekers on buses or trains to other cities. Where is the integrity in that? The ones making those decisions to use human lives as pawns in their games, who are they accountable to? What is the long road they are walking in their steadfastness? What horizon do they seek? As we come upon election time here in the United States, an election cycle that will change the face of this nation. Again, these are the questions I ask myself as I fill in my ballot. Who is she accountable to? What horizon is he chasing? What are the markers of their integrity? How many of us will be seen, advocated for, cared for, safe, if this person is elected or if this person is elected? Robin Wall Kimmerer the author of Braiding Sweetgrass just posted a new essay, which will be the introduction to her revised edition of the book Braiding Sweetgrass in Emergence Magazine. I'll link it in the show notes here. She talks about the new world that is being born now as the old world is dying all around us. And I know that to be true, and I feel it in my bones. And I know that the only way that I can give my life energy to the new world, to the new way humans will be on this planet, is if I can anchor myself as fully in that energy today as I can, given the constraints of living in a world that's dying. So that is what I am accountable to. I am accountable to my great-great-grandchildren. And I am accountable to the great-great-grandchildren of deer and bear and fox and honeybee and bloodroot. And I will be upright and steadfast and soft. Who are you accountable to? What horizon are you chasing? What do you want this world to look like? And how are you walking it into being with your actions today and every day? Let us walk together.
because we can only get there together. Thank you for joining me for the Plant Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Schrader. I'm an herbalist, a mother, a holistic nurse, and a practitioner of the ancient ways. You can connect with me between episodes at therebelherbalist.com 